Ain't you glad God's faithful? Yes, amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Never, never, never has there ever been a promise that he hasn't kept. That's right. And that doesn't just apply to a few. Every one of God's children is who that applies to. And even the promises that he makes to the lost, every one of them is going to be fulfilled too. And I'm going to leave one of them undone. So I'm glad of that. If you're going to turn your Bibles tonight, the book of Genesis, book of Genesis, Johnny, that's the first book, <laughs> Old Testament, Old Testament. Old Testament. Thank you. He was up here, he was, he was all puzzled looking, so I knew he needed, he was trying to figure it out. Amen. Genesis 37, it's right after 36, Johnny. Genesis 37, verses 13 through 18. And then verse 24, of course, we'll be talking about Joseph in the beginning of the sermon. And, you know, Joseph had a hard time for a large part of his life. And he had a very good time for a large part of his life. But the beginning was very difficult for Joseph. And we'll read these verses in the Word of God, and I'm sure you're familiar with uh, most of them. And verse 13 says, And Israel said unto Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the flock in Shechem. Come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said to him, Here am I. And he said to him, Go, I pray thee, see whether it be well with thy brethren and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to Shechem. And a certain man found him, and behold, he was wandering in the field. And the man asked him, saying, What seekest thou? And he said, I seek my brethren. Tell me, I pray thee, where they feed their flocks. And the man said, They are departed hence, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. And Joseph went after his brethren and found them in Dothan. And read, listen to verse 18 now. And when they saw him afar off, even before he came near unto them, they conspired against him to slay him. And then verse 24, And they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. Lord, we thank you for the examples in the word of God that you have given us, Lord. And, Lord, we're thankful that we can read about these and read them over and over, Lord. And every time that we read them, we learn something new out of the Word of God. Even a familiar story, Lord, uh, that we would consider like this story, Lord, if we can read it. And, Lord, we pray to ask you to show us something, Lord. You'll show us something new every time. And we're so thankful for that. And, Lord, I pray for each one here tonight, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to get the message, uh, Lord, uh, across this pulpit here, Lord, to them, that they may receive a blessing from you tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen. Uh, but Joseph here, uh, this was, uh, I guess you could say, the beginning of his worst times when they threw him in the pit. Right. But there in verse 18, it wasn't something that he did just then. I mean, he didn't let the cheese go bad on the way there or anything like that. He didn't or but, you know, they, they hated him before he ever got there. They already hated Joseph. 
But Joseph knew the Lord. And the title of the message tonight is, When He's All I Have, He's All I Need. And you know, there's times in our lives that although we may have friends, we may have a wonderful spouse, we may have wonderful parents, wonderful children, there's times in our lives where God is all we have. There's times that everybody else is unable to help, but God is always there. There's never a time that God is not there for his children to help them. Number one, we want to look at Joseph's plight. Joseph's plight. And uh, there was a lot of peas in Joseph's life. Well, he was in Papa's house to start with, and everything was okay in Papa's house. Matter of fact, he was the favorite one in Papa's house, which is not a good idea, by the way, for Papa. That was one of Papa's mistakes there, not Joseph's, but his. And so everything was okay until it got to the pit. And, you know, when he went to the pit, they didn't take him and say, let me help you down this pit, Joseph. It says they cast him yeah, right. into the pit. Now, if it was a pit, had to be overhead higher, he would have got out. Right. And they just threw him down in it. Right. They, didn't, they didn't care. They had just had decided not to kill him. So they said, we'll just throw him in this pit and we'll decide what to do later. Right. So they threw him in there. The Bible says there's no water in it. So there was, he had nothing. They took his coat. He didn't have that. His coat of many colors. And it was in there. Just him and God. Him and God. Papa couldn't help him. Papa would have helped him. He could have, but he couldn't. He had ten older brothers. And they were one to approximately 1 to 15 years older than him. And they were half-brothers. And his mother was despised by the other mothers. Why? Because his mother was special to Papa. So she was despised, and therefore he was despised as well. Basically ignored by his brothers his whole life. So he, doesn't, he has a good time with Papa, but he doesn't have a good time with his siblings. So he has it sort of rough. So he's in the pit, and the reason, one of the reasons they hated him is because Joseph told him his dream, right? He told him the dream and said, uh, I'm going to rule over y'all. Well, right. And then he told his dad. And the Papa didn't even like that. But his brothers hated him. For that. And of course, as the story goes on, we won't go into all the verses. It's a fairly lengthy story. He goes on, and they, uh, some people came, some slave traders came, and they purchased him. And they took him down into Egypt. And Potiphar, he ended up in Potiphar's house. So he went from Papa's house to the pit to Potiphar's house. And everything was looking pretty good again. Because why? Because Joseph followed the Lord. And God honored honored that. But for God's reasoning, he allowed Joseph to be put in prison for something he did not do. So here he is again. He's just as maybe even worse than he was when he was in the pit. 
is that maybe he did have a little food and water. But even in the prison, he had God. He had God with him, and he followed and obeyed what God said to do. And he helped those, and he was found favor even in prison. He found favor because he was just such a good person, because he followed the Lord, and he was a good person. And, and so he, the, the keeper of the prison put him in charge of everybody. Right. And then finally, he got out and went to Pharaoh's house. But God was with him all the way. You ever thought what would happen if he'd, just, if he'd just give up? He said, he made it through the pit, made it to Potter's house, went to prison. Said, That's it, Lord. I mean, I've done better than any. I don't know anybody that has served you like I have served you, and that is enough. <laughs> he'd have died there in prison. Right. I guess. I don't know. But he said, Lord, you're all, you're, you're all I've got, right. but you're all I need. I can make do with it. I can make do with it. You know, when we had the dinner Sunday, it was a wonderful dinner, plenty of food. But what if all we had, if everybody just had one hot dog apiece? Right? right? We should, still should have been thankful, right? Amen. Sometimes we think we have to have so much, and so then when we, we get things get cut back a little bit, it's just awful. We think it's so bad. But we need to realize when God's all we have, he's all that we need. Joseph always did right. You won't find in the Bible anywhere where it says Joseph did this wrong. You don't see that about many people in the Bible. He did what's right. Bob Jones Sr. said, do right though the stars fall, do right. Joseph's stars fell all over the place. But he just kept doing right. He just kept doing right. No matter what happened, Joseph knew he always had God. You know, sometimes we let bad things happen to us, and it's hard to be thankful for those bad times. But I believe Joseph was thankful every day of his life to the Lord. We always have something to be thankful for. Whether we're in the pit or the palace, we always have something to be thankful for. Then we're going to look at another man who went through some hard times that served God. It can't be said about him that he never did anything wrong, but he didn't do much wrong. Talk about Elijah. Talk about Elijah's proclamation, 1 Kings 17 and 1. And Elijah the Tishbite, who, has, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. Now he said that just like physically he was here and God was here. He said, God is with me, and I'm telling you this. Now, who was he talking to? He was talking to Ahab. But you need to know a little bit more about Ahab just besides he was the king of Israel. One important fact about Ahab is he was the son of Omri, or Omri, And 
And Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. He was the meanest king that Israel ever had. And that's mean. That's bad. And Elijah goes right up to him and tells him, and the connotation is that because of you, Ahab, it's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Now, you would have thought that, you know, Elijah's there. I'm standing with God. Maybe he's going to give Elijah some kind of superpower to overcome Ahab. But it didn't. God said, run. Go hide. Go hide, Elijah. You did what I told you. Now you go hide. And he didn't, he didn't hide him up in the grandest hotel. Could you imagine eating what a crow brought you? That don't sound too appetizing. You ever seen one of them on the side of the road? But that's what he ate. Because God said do it. So things weren't going too good for Elijah. God told him and set 1 Kings 17.3, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And of course after that, he had to uh, uh, go to the widow and the widow took care of him before the drought was over. And then we have Elijah's, that was Elijah's protection, then Elijah's proposition, 1 Kings 18, 21, verses 23 and 24. 21, 23, and 24. And Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? Now you would think, this is Israel now, this, this is not pagan this is not Gentiles. This is Israel. It's supposed to be God's people. supposed to be God's people. And he said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. And if Baal, then follow him. You thought, Oh, we're following the Lord. No, they didn't say anything. They were scared to say anything. They had went away from God for so long, they were afraid to say anything against Baal. And in verse 23... He tells them how they're going to settle it. He says, let them therefore give us two bullocks and let them choose one bullock for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. And I will dress the other bullock and lay it on wood and put no fire under And call ye on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the God that answers by fire, let him be God. And the people answered and said, it is well spoken. In other words, if you can just show us something, Elijah, we need to see something. We ain't seen nothing from God in a while. Well, when you're worshiping Baal, you don't see much from God. And we're not sure about God anymore. But now if you can show us something like this, we'll we'll, we'll back you up. And then verse 39, and when all the people saw it, of course we know how it went that uh, the Prophets of Baal begged uh, for Baal to, to put fire on the uh, wood, and, it, and it, no fire came down. They cut themselves, and they yelled and screamed and right. for a long part of the day, and nothing ever happened. 
And then Elijah said, well, put some water on mine. And put some more water on mine. And put some more water on mine. And God sent fire down and licked up the water and licked up the offering. And verse 39 says, And when the people saw it, they fell on their faces. And they said, The Lord, He is the God. The Lord, He is the God. Why did it take that? Why does it take God doing something like for us, like that for us sometimes to say, God, you're real. We walk so far away from him, we don't even know what, anything about him anymore. And it takes him to do, has, he has to do something like that before we're willing to say, God, you're right. And Elijah said to them, take the prophets of Baal, let not one of them escape. And they took them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slew them there. So God showed a mighty victory that day, but uh, there was a lady, that, no, it wasn't a lady, a female there that didn't like it. And she tells old Elijah, I'm going to kill you. Right? Ain't that what told? And not so many words, but she you're going to die. Right? You know, there has never been anybody more wrong than her. She is still wrong today because he's still alive. He ain't died yet. And I, maybe that, that part of that reason is God just showing you, no, no, he'll die when I say he dies. He'll live as long as I say he lives. We always have something to be thankful for. And Elijah helped to bring a little bit of revival back to Israel, got rid of those prophets of Baal. And then we're going to look at Elisha's servant's prescription. 2 Kings 6, 15 and 17. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? They're saying, something's not right here. It's just me and you against all them. Elisha, I think this is the end. Just want you to know, been good working with you. Been good working for you. But Elisha didn't seem too worried about it. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, Open his eyes that he may see. So he needed some spiritual glasses. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. You see, we know that Elisha is familiar with chariots of fire. He saw his predecessor taken up in a chariot of fire. And he had, you see, Elisha had been through some things and he knew that God was going to win the victory and God let him see some things. You know, you really hadn't seen anything until you saw some things that can't be seen. Sometimes we just need to put on our spiritual glasses 
Because you see, you can't see it with these physical eyes. But you can take the Word of God and see a whole lot that you can't see any other way. When you know that the Word of God is true, sometimes that's all you have to rely on is God and His Word. And believe that His Word will see you through. Because His Word is true. We always have something to be thankful for. It looked like the end for Elisha's servant. He'd been, as far as I know, he'd been a fine example of a servant of God. But he thought it was over. And we may face some, sometimes we come to an end. Seems like we're coming to an end. And we think that's it. But we just have to keep trusting in God. And next we're going to look at the three Hebrews pledge. Daniel 3, 16 and 18 through 18. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Right. Now that's a dangerous thing. Look at the king and says, Now listen, king, i got something to tell you. And it don't really matter what you think about it. They're not careful. I'm not worried about what might happen by what I say. We, got you. we have an answer for you, Nebuchadnezzar. And they said, If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, right. and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. Because they knew they were getting out of the king's hand one way or the other. Right? right? But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Amen. And of course, we know that Nebuchadnezzar got mad. They turned that furnace up. Now, it's already fire, but they turned it up. Was it seven times hotter than it was? And they threw them in, and it was so hot that it killed the men that threw them in. But then later in verse 25, he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. You know, you wonder, Nebuchadnezzar, how do you know who it is down there? God wanted him to know that he was taking care of his children. Amen. Now, it seemed like you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they'd already had a rough time. I mean, they'd already been taken out of Judah and already been made captive and made to do things they didn't want to do. They tried to force them to eat food they didn't want to eat, but they said, no, we'll just eat pulse. We'll be with Daniel. We'll stick with Daniel on this. We'll just eat pulse. And they fared better, but now people didn't like them. And so they set up this statue, had the statue set up. They said, we'll get them. They won't bow down. Right. And they wouldn't. Yes, sir. So they tried to get rid of them. But listen, if, if God's not ready for you to be got rid of, you won't be got rid of. That's right. Yes, sir. We've always got something to be thankful for. Glory and then Lazarus' plot, John 11, 14 to 15. 
Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now he was trying to talk to them, to the uh, disciples, and try to tell them, you know, the reason that he's, he's sick is so that God could be glorified. And, and he said he sleepeth, and they didn't understand. It's okay, he's dead, okay? You get it? He's dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. Now, wait a minute. I thought y'all were good friends and you're glad that he's dead? See, when you think about it in human perspective, that don't make sense. That's like saying, well, you know, in today's world and... and Somebody is sick, and all, but all they need is some penicillin. And you've got the penicillin, but you couldn't make it to where they were, and they died. And then you said, well, I'm glad they died. But see, it's different from us doing that and God doing that. He said, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Nevertheless, let's go into him. So he sees they're not, they're not going to... Well, he didn't see. He already knew. They're not going to understand. So he said, we'll just go down there. So they go down there. Of course, he sees Martha and Mary, and he goes through the exhortation with Martha and saying that, you know, there's about the resurrection, and she says, yeah, I believe in the last day, all this. She don't get it either. She said, Lord, he's been dead four days. He stinks already. But he went to the grave. Verse 43 says, And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he come forth with his grave clothes on. And he said, Take those grave clothes off of him. Nothing's too hard for God to do. Nothing is too hard for God to do. Death is hard to deal with, but for God's children, there is a resurrection. I mean, we have loved ones that they die. But we know one day we'll see them again if we have confidence that they were saved and we know we're saved. We have that assurance that one day we'll see them again. Glory to God. We always have something to be thankful for. Yes, sir. And then Stephen before the priest. The Bible says it, and all that sat in the council, looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. Then said the high priest, Are these things so? Which of the prophets have not, and Stephen said, Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted, and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the disposition of angels, and have not kept it. You see, they say, well, look, he, he's got, his face looks like an angel. And he's saying, listen, you've received the word of God yes, from angels. I mean, but you killed the prophets that sent them. They give you the word. When they heard these things, in other words, when he accused them of exactly what they had done, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth and said behold I see the heaven and and he said behold I see the heavens open and the son of man standing 
on the right hand of God. It takes something to go through an ordeal like that and look to God. Just keep your eyes on Jesus. Sometimes, as the case with Stephen, on this earth, there was no reprieve. That was the end for Stephen. And they stoned him and killed him. But he just kept his eyes on Jesus. So even with that, we always have something to be thankful for. That he knew that he had a better place to go. There wasn't a doubt in his mind. He couldn't have done what he did looking to Jesus if there was any doubt in his mind whatsoever. And then Paul. 2 Timothy 4, 16 through 18. At my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul never stood alone. He always had God with him, and he knew that. After he got saved on the road to Damascus, he knew that God was with him. And I don't guess there's anyone else in the Bible other than Jesus that stayed more true to God than Paul did. But he went through so much. I mean, it's just a laundry list of things that happened to Paul. Now, that says it too lightly, not a laundry list. I mean, it was, he, he was killed. He was shipwrecked, stoned to death, snake bit more than once. But God was with him. Yes, but we are no more alone than Paul was. If we're saved, God is always with us. We always have something to be thankful for. You know, we, if, if the Lord tarries, we will go through hard times. And we don't know today what they're going to be. You may be going through some right now. But just know that God is with you and that God... If we will look to him, he will get glory out of what's going on in your life today. You may never know what it is, but he will. And then John on Patmos. Now, Patmos was the uh, Alcatraz of that day, but just worse. Now, all it was was an island where they sent prisoners. There was no uh, sheriff's office. It was all prisoners, all and they didn't, they didn't send the ones that was just a little bad. They sent the bad, bad ones there. <clears throat> but John said, Revelation 1.10, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. 
Now, he's, they've tried to kill him. He wouldn't die. They exiled him to Patmos. And he says, I was in the Spirit. We can't even come here and be in the Spirit sometimes. Drive a nice car to be here, sit on a padded pew, air-conditioned, heat. Had a good breakfast, we'll eat a good lunch. And we can't even stay in the Spirit here. I was in the Spirit on Lord's Day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. He heard the Lord talking to him. You know, sometimes God has to get us out of our comfort zone. And it's not so that he can talk to us. He can talk to us anywhere, anytime. But it's so we will listen to him. We get too comfortable, we won't listen. Well, that's just the way we are. I mean, we might listen for a while, but sometimes he has to shake us up a little bit. It's just a fact of life. It's just the way it is. But even then, sometimes we don't listen. When our kids were growing up, and when you would get on, when I would get on to them for the same thing that they had done a few times before, and I would start to, you know, talk to them about it, and of course they always said, "I wish Daddy just whooped me and said talk to me." They got whoopings too, but but they would say, I know, I know. And I said, don't tell me to shut up. Because that's really what they were saying was, I know what you're going to say, just don't say it. But they just want to hear it. They probably heard it double if they ever said, I know. If they ever said, I know, they probably heard it twice. Amen. But that's where we were with God. We hear it. That's right, God. That's right. You're right, God. But we don't do. We don't change. We don't do anything about it. So God has to get us a little uncomfortable before we'll really listen to Him. We always have something to be thankful for. Traveling west on 421, on North 421. Yeah, it actually goes west. You don't know the road. At a certain time of the year, on a certain time of the day, when the sun's setting, you can watch the sun set for miles. And at just the right time of day, you can watch the sun set and look at your rearview mirror and you'll see the moon rising. And you have to realize that God's got control of the sun Going down, he's got control of the moon coming up, and he keeps them in perfect time. In perfect time. I mean, they can tell you to the second when the tide's coming in and out. Right, right. And it, it's never off. I mean, there might be a storm that makes the tide bigger, but the tide, I don't know how to, I don't know how to figure it, but you can get a chart and it'll tell you exactly when it's going to happen. And that's exactly when it's going to happen. God's got to control. It's like this. Just like that. And if he can control the sun and the moon, you think he can control us? You think he can take care of I'm sure he can take care of us. I know he can take care of us. 
We don't have anything to worry about Amen. if we're trusting the Lord. Amen. Sometimes God has to get us alone. Remember back first of the message, Joseph said, here am I. When his father talked to him, here am I. I don't know, maybe it was, he just wanted to let his dad know. He says, you know they don't like me, Daddy. That's what we tried to say, wasn't it? You know if I go out there, they're going to give me a hard time. He said, here am I. Amen. Several other men in the Bible had the same answer when God got them alone and called on them. Abraham, Jacob, Moses, Samuel, and Isaiah, maybe more. But here am I. They were all thankful after they gave God their answer. They were glad to say, God, here am I. Where are you when you're alone and God calls on you? What is your answer? You know who God is. You know he wants to take care of you. You know he loves you. He wants what's best for you. He wants you to listen to him. But we have to be willing to say, here am I. When we say, but God, when we say, I know, you're right, just say, here am I. And that's the way we receive God's blessing. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for allowing us just to bring a few words, Lord, hopefully of encouragement, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful that we always have something to be thankful for. And, Lord, I do pray, Lord, that you would help us to realize that, Lord, and help us to say, here am I. Help us to be ready to say, here am I, when you call on us. In Jesus' name we pray.